Zoe and Rebecca. Good. Hello, how are you? Good. You look so beautiful, so pretty. We're Brooklyn at. We're Brooklyn at. We're Brooklyn at. We're Brooklyn at. We gonna do it like this. Thank you, girl. You know, good makeup, good lighting, and my birthday's tomorrow. So <laughs> happy birthday! Thank what you. you gonna do? What you gonna do for your birthday? Well, I had a boat party yesterday, so I had a really good time until I started throwing up around five this morning. Ooh. And then I was like, why did they let me take so many shots? Because <laughs> it's your birthday. You got to turn up. That's the only way only way to do it. At least you got Liddy in the, titty, Liddy in the city like a titty. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Woo! That was, that was there. But now I'm back. And I'm ready to do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> yes, so how old are you going to be, if you don't mind? Well, it's the anniversary of my 25th birthday. <laughs> I like that. That's the anniversary. Okay. All right. I love it. All right. So today we have Anna um, Rebecca, which is a beautiful name, who's a, your entertainer throughout, um, through and through. So can you tell us um, about how you first discovered how, sorry, can you Tell us about the first, about first being discovered for music and the artist name that you use. Okay. Yeah. So I was originally, I'm originally from LA and um, I was a part of a, a rap group called Kitty Kitty. So I don't know if you ever remember that song. Uh, don't drop that. Yes. So they were the fanatics and they were the, the guy group to us. So we were the girl version out of Inglewood and we would just perform in all the after hours and the clubs around LA. And eventually I was discovered by a woman on Facebook. And so she saw some videos and some of my Facebook posts and she was like, I think you have a great look. I think you have a great sound. I would love to meet you. So she flew me to Atlanta and took me out to LA Reed's daughter's party. And I was a hit. You know, everybody, like, I just worked the room and she was so impressed that she decided to invest in me and move me out to Atlanta and um, basically helped me get my career off the ground and get my foot in the game as far as uh, music. And I was, I went by Nyla the Vamp, which I don't, <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago, but I had some good times. I had some good times. You couldn't tell me I wasn't next up. <laughs> So how was that experience? Like you said that, were you nervous the first time? Like, cause going into a room with exact, especially Mr. Reed, like with going- big name people, big oh my goodness. What, what was your, like, how was that experience? Was it nerve wracking? Were you- Yes, I was very nervous. I was 24, <laughs> telling my age now. So I was 24 <laughs> and I was super nervous cause I'd never been in a room with people like this before. And so um, there was a group of people that were smoking some weed outside. So I was like, well, let me just smoke some weed so I could relax. So when I came back in the room, I, I was like very quiet and to myself. And so my manager, because she became my manager, she was like, she grabbed me by my shirt collar and was like, what the hell is wrong with you? What did you do? Wake up. You need to be out here working this room. You need to perform. Snap out of it. Whatever you did snap out of it so i had to go and give myself a pet talk in the bathroom i was like all right come on so they were doing an open mic karaoke style so when they asked for the next person to come up i went up there and just freestyle i just started freestyling over the music or whatever and then afterwards i was so nervous i didn't even introduce myself i didn't even say who i was i just gave the mic back and walked off so a lot of people start coming up to me like, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, what are you doing out here? So it was really, it was, it was a really good experience. Which artist do you listen to at the moment? And who are your favorite artists of all? Who are some of your favorites? Like, give me like two or three. Yeah, so as far as music goes, if I had to name artists, like I really love Jane Aiko. Like we're from the same neighborhood and um, I really like, R&B, feel good music. But lately I find myself listening to a lot of music that doesn't have lyrics. So like, I find myself actually listening to like drum circle music or jazz music, even classical music, just cause a lot of music just doesn't have a good message in it these days. And 
I really am trying to like be entertained, but not be thinking like I'm a thug, I'm a bitch, I'm a fuck your nigga. You know, like I just want to hear the music, but not hear the message at this point. <laughs> so, if you, so if you had to collaborate, if you had a chance to collaborate with an artist, whether they are dead or alive, who would you collaborate with and why? Oh man, I I mean, Okay, I'm not gonna say that, but um, I would love to work with, um, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm so far detached from my music career. Uh, when I was younger, I invest a lot of money in my career, but I just came across a lot of people who they don't care if you're talented or not. Oh, you're, you're, you're inspired, you're ambitious, you're young, you're green, you don't know anything. Come here, let me siphon all your energy, all your money. Let me use you up and never really give you anything for it. So it's just like, it was times where I was crying thinking, oh, I'm about to get my big break. And they're like, no, dummy, you're just going to break your pockets. You know, so <laughs> that's why I got out of the music game because it's not really regulated, you know, and it really was killing my passion. And honestly, every cent that I was making, I was putting into music videos, uh, having the, the press at my photo shoot or, you know, having a dinner for press. And it was just like, I was spending everything and it just ran me ragged. So I don't think that I will ever really see myself making music again like that with passion. So I really can't answer that question because I'm just so detached from that world right now. And that, and that tends to sometimes when you know you become uninspired to do certain things because when you go through um things in the industry it tends to take a toll on you at first you know they say as black men women we're supposed to be strong but how much can you really take like you know what i mean at the end of the day if if you're putting if you're investing and you're not nothing on the back end what's the point right and if you're not happy there's no point of doing yeah it. and then especially when people try to use relationships to use you so it's like you're thinking oh this might be my friend and then the next thing you know they're behind your back talking shit about you or like the woman uh, i i ended up getting someone else to manage me down the road because the lady who brought me to atlanta took me as far as she could and so she's like all right what and so I, I linked up with this other woman and eventually i had people calling me and telling me stop letting this lady book your stuff because I'm calling to work with you and she's referring other artists. Yeah, telling me like, well, have you heard, telling the people, have you, well, have you heard of this person? Have you heard of that person? Because she had other artists that was paying her more. So she had to give them something. So now you taking money off of my plate, you know, taking food off of my plate. To, yeah, and so after that, I just felt so betrayed. It just took, it just knocked the wind out of me, you know? So once you once you take bread out of off of my plate, it's over. It's over. Basically, basically, because um, what are we doing? What are we really doing? And you know what's cold is like she was a publicist too. So let me tell you, I was around people from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm hanging with people from the Love and Hip Hop cast. I'm with the fourth Destiny Child member that got kicked off. Like I'm here hobnobbing with all these people while I'm working with her. And then the second I had got fired her and I thought I developed all these relationships and and pretty much people was just like well who are you have I have I met you before it was no more grand openings no more fashion shows no more uh premieres nothing you know it was like well damn you know I feel like in a little in a little bit of a way I kind of got blackballed a little bit because I wasn't allowing somebody to take advantage of me anymore and then I was like well shit what was I really doing all this time Excuse my language. I don't, okay, not I'm a cussing. We're why entertainment TV, baby. We allow you to express yourself any way, shape, or form. It's a non-judgmental um, platform, so don't worry about it, baby. Um, so my third question for you is: um, You are part of the iconic Miss Aretha Franklin's biopic called Respect. Yes. And Jennifer Hudson. How was that experience? And what was your part in the film? Um, well, I was a part of the film uh, doing background, which I am not scared to say, you know, I worked my way up because I really was just trying to get my foot in the door so I could meet people and see where to go. So I was 
honored to share a space with Jennifer Hudson for 16 hours of her singing her heart out. Like, I have so much respect for Jennifer Hudson from her performance because we did six takes of a song and at a funeral and she's crying and singing and giving her everything. And, and when she was around, she was pleasant. It was always, hello, thank you for working. Thank you guys for being here. She came down and sat with us and talked with us. And I recently, I recently discovered why she was like that and why a lot of Black women have to be that way on set. Because if you're anything short of, hi, nice to meet you. I'm so thankful for you to be here. You become difficult. You're, you're become that hard person to work with. And, and it's really hard as I'm learning more as a black woman without representation, it's really hard to speak up for yourself without making, without people trying to make you look like you're so difficult and hard to work with. So uh, that's something that I remember distinctly and now I see why. And it's something I'm actually gonna start applying to my own career when I'm on set. That's amazing. So how was that? Um, so even though you were in the background, that still is a major thing. Like a lot of people can't even get background gigs. Like it's hard to even get that because I would have flipped out like Aretha Franklin, Jennifer. Well, Hudson. yeah, at first. Uh, well, the cool thing about about it was that I was in the scene with Mary J. Blige. And so... Look, let me tell you something, right? They come and they're like, okay, we're going to take you, 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 and you. Come on. So we go and they put me in this, in this like side area or whatever. And so I'm like, dang, I can't see none of the cast. I'm not around nobody. Nobody's going to see me on this damn scene. Like I was low key kind of funky about it. Like, hey, nobody going to see me. And so then they said, you know what? You follow me. So they take me to this room, to another room and another room. And I'm like, man, ain't nobody back here. But as soon as we hit the corner, I see Heather Headley and Mary J. Blige. And so I'm, I'm sitting there like, <laughs> and I'm like, so they're like, we're going to have you sit down on the ground and look up to her like you're uh, just fascinated in what she's saying. So I'm looking at her like, <laughs> Real life, I'm fascinated. So yeah, yeah. that's real and expression. So Mary, right there. Yeah, Mary looking back at me like <laughs> 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 and so I was just like, hi. <laughs> hi. And she was like, hello. And I was like, I'm so honored. <laughs> but then after that, I was like, okay, cool. And then after that, like she didn't even go back to holding or anything. She stayed on set and um so I was talking to her like I'm talking to you right now. Everybody else in the room was looking at me like I was crazy. But I was talking to, to Mary J. Blige and Heather Headley like we were all homegirls. And so when we wrapped, uh, the director came over and was like, well, how did you enjoy your, your time on set? And she said, you know what? I really liked being here. But my best part was being in this room right here. So she came up to, it was like five of us back there. And she gave us all hugs, and shook our hands and was like, it's very nice to meet you. And so when she shook my hand, I grabbed her hand. I was like, my name is Anna. And I'm gonna see you again. And she was like, okay, Anna, okay. So I'm determined to stand by. I that. love that. <laughs> oh my God, you were so lucky. I oh my God. So, I felt so blessed. You know, it was just to be with somebody that is um, so important as far as like popular culture goes in our community is just. Being doing background work, it put me in a room with people that I never imagined I could be with. And then I started doing stand-in work from there, where now I'm standing in for people who look like me. You look like me, you got my hair color, my skin color. So then I'm thinking like, well, why can't that be me? Mm -hmm. That can be me. Yes, that could be me. That's gonna be me. You know, manifestation. That's what it's about. Manifest the baby and it shall come to you. Um, so before the music um you were doing acting gigs as a kid can you tell us about some of the national commercials that you were a part of and how was yes. that experience? uh when i was a little girl i just remember my mom and my dad and my sister taking me to different auditions and i remember looking over scripts and sides and stuff like that but it was really just like child's play on camera 
So I did like a Barbie commercial. I've done um, Apple Jacks, um, Granny Smith Apple campaign. You know, these are national commercials, Tylenol commercials and all kinds of stuff like that. And then I remember when I was in school and I tried because my mom used to tell them I had to go to the doctor, you know, like, oh, she has a doctor's appointment. But really, I'm going on set and shooting these commercials and stuff. So I come to school. And so I'm telling everybody, like, I'm an actor. I'm on TV. And everybody thought I was lying. They was like, you're a liar. And they bullied me. And I remember one time it was almost like a whole mob of kids trying to beat me up because I was telling them that I was going to be on TV. And they're like, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. You was at the doctor. Like, they, they're following me now. And they're all like, oh, my God, you're doing it. Yeah, like just like I was in fifth grade. <laughs> but y'all didn't believe me. Right. Because why I'm a kid, what am I lie for? <laughs> That's a fact. Like, what do I have to lie to y'all for, really? Like, we're in, like, the fifth grade. What What am I getting from that? Yeah, Absolutely. so... Yeah, when my, so my... Almost claim to fame story is that I auditioned for Matilda as a little girl. Matilda? So Matilda? Matilda with Yeah, Matilda. Yes. <laughs> Matilda. I, I even met Danny DeVito. I remember meeting him and my mom trying to tell me, like, tell him you like that movie, throw mama from the train or something like that. And uh, I just remember I was one, I was one of the final kids. I, when I was little, I looked like a little white girl. Very long hair, tint, uh, light skin and stuff like that. But I auditioned for three different roles in that movie. And then I also auditioned for the role that Raven Simone had on the Cosby's for a living. <gasps> and I have those sides. I still have those sides. I remember my parents were really on me like, you need to learn this right here. And I didn't understand the importance of it as a little girl. But now as I'm older, I'm like, that could have been, you know, that you could have been. been. You could have been doing that. <laughs> right. You could have been doing that. <laughs> it could have been that's so in that, Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So it just naturally. Yeah, so getting back into it, I just feel like I'm I'm really doing what my parents saw for me. And you know, who knows you better than your parents, you know? That's a fact. Oh my Matilda, Miss Trunchbull. Oh my God. Yes. You would have had to deal with Miss Trunchbull. Oh no. Yes. Yeah, so I auditioned for uh the, the lead role, then for the role of the little girl that got swung over the thing with her ponytails. Amanda, when she like swung her by her ponytails yeah. over the fence. And then and the little black girl, up. Lavender. Lavender, which is her best friend. Yes, yeah, so I one that put the that new, role the one that put the new in the in the in the water. In the water, yeah. <laughs> and my mom, she even bought me some little fake glasses for the audition and everything. I remember all that stuff, man. That's so amazing. So, since we're talking about movies and things that you have accomplished so far, you've been quite busy since you did you you moved to Atlanta. You've been working on some big gigs such as Tyler um, such as Tyler Perry Studios, which I passed by. Never got to see it, but when I came to Atlanta, I got to pass by it. What was it like working in that type of environment with somebody like, like Mr. Perry? Yeah. When I got the job to work there, he became Mr. Perry. He was no longer Tyler, you know. <laughs> he became Mr. Perry. And I had a newfound respect. I worked with him during quarantine and uh, during the height of COVID where he had the people live on the studio campus. So I was able to actually live at Tyler Perry Studios for uh, 12 days while we shot a whole season of Sisters. And so it was, uh, he's he's not uh, traditional with his shooting. He's very much like one, two shots and go. He'll, he'll even produce a scene right there on set and be like, you say this, you say that, you say this, you say that. And then boom, he just created a whole new scene. And so I was very amazed at how talented he is and his vision and how like one man ended up having all of this. And he had bikes there, so sorry. When we were uh, no, you're fine. When we had off days, we were able to ride a bike around the property. Uh, he has 300 acres, so you can, he has a golf course there. He has a mock airport. He has a whole mock 
town. He has another mock neighborhood. Uh, he's built. He when I was there, he was building up a hotel. Um, and then it was at least like four or five hundred people there. So I'm I'm just thinking like it's one man who has offered his dream and his ambition have created something that's feeding all these black people, you know? And uh, just to see the way that the people work with him and the people who've been working with Mr. Perry have been there for years, you know? He's still got people with him that have been there from the beginning. And so it was just, it was very inspiring because it showed me where one dream could take you, you know? So how did you get, how, how, how did that come about to work with Mr. Perry? Cause he's very, in like he's very, I would say he's kind of hard to get a hold of. Like the last person that I know got a job from him was the girl that put her face on the billboard yes. to let it be known that she, well, she job actually got booked a job the job her. before he saw the billboard. Oh, yes, and so that's what a lot of people don't know is that she did end up working with him, but she booked the job before she even got the billboard. And it's not that hard. People think it's hard. It's not. There's a website called Actors Access, accessing uh, Mr. Perry's production. And so a lot of people think it's hard. It's, it's really not. Um, there's a website called Actors Access where you can pay for a membership for a year, which is about $69 for a year. And his casting director is Raven Drummer. And if you go on there, you will see that he they post a lot on there. Um, and then if you want to get just get your foot in the door and doing background stuff or standing work, um, the casting director is Clive, um, and that's Cab Castings that does a lot of Mr. Perry's background. And it's easier to do background as long as you just fit the type. Um, but I submitted myself, but I know that there's room for improvement on my end. So, I, and I know a couple of people who've actually got booked. And one thing about working with Mr. Perry is that if you do book background work, there is a good possible chance that you can move up, that he'll look at you and say, you know what, we're going to give you a line. It happens. When I was at, um, when I was at Camp Q, that's what they called it, there were four people who got bumped up to lines or bigger feature spots. And so um, it's more likely for something like that to happen on one of his sets than on a more traditional set, like if you were to be doing background work on Marvel or The Resident or even The Walking Dead, those are shows that are just known for shooting out here. Oh, it says you, re you, you recently appeared on Fatal, Fatal Attraction on TV One. Could you describe what your role was like on that show? Yeah, I, I like working with Fatal Attraction. Uh, they shoot up in Tennessee. And basically, the main way to book a role with them is to look the part. So you can find their work on Facebook under Hive Casting. Anyone can do it. You can be the victim. You can be the suspect. You can be the police. As long as you basically look like the people who are who the story is about. Um, I really liked it. I've worked with them um, during quarantine where basically you had to be local and stay in your car during scenes or stuff. And then I was fortunate enough to work with them again, where this time they paid for me to come out, put me up in a hotel room. And it was a much, you know, more lavish experience, maybe for like a star. But um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. The first time I was on there, I got uh, hit by a car and ran over. Uh, but because it was COVID, the character had a friend with her in the scene. So they asked me if I knew anybody. So I was able to bring my, one of my best friends with me, who's a um, country music artist and aspiring actor. Her name is Lynn. And we're also doing uh, this movie together, uh, this series that we're working on. So I really like being able to do a scene with my best friend. And, and after I got ran over by the car, she's all crying like, oh, my God. Twitter, that was the name of the character. And, I, and I, when they called Ted, I looked at like, did you really love me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like in real life, you love me. Like, yeah, like, I was like, in real life, like, you really love me. I fuck with you. <laughs> but it, it was cool. The second time I got, I got strangled and pistol whipped and set on fire. And for me, it was a little bit of a different experience because when we were shooting, uh, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize he was actually gonna have to grab me up 
And I had one period of my life where I was in a relationship with a dude who thought he was about to start beating my ass for some reason. And so um, when that happened and he grabbed me, it just gave me like PTSD and I kind of went somewhere else. And then I remember like, oh, we're on set. So I just kind of like fell to the ground, like I'm dead. And so when they called cut, they're like, well, you know, uh, if someone's getting strangled and pissed with you supposed to like scream and be like ah oh, no stop stop and you kind of just fell to the ground and so when i explained to them what happened i really love the fact that they respected that and they were like well okay well let's let's take our time and i feel like you know they made me feel comfortable and allowed me to be vulnerable and then able to really deliver what they wanted to get out of me and so um, I had a great experience and I recommend anybody who is looking to try to make a name for themselves, get some good footage to submit, you know? That's so cool. Like you did so much cool stuff. Like, like <laughs> you're like my best in like a different life. Like I swear to God, like I'm living vicariously through you just listening to your stories and just hearing how inspired you were and the fact that you never gave up from you know, one career to the next, like you said, okay, one door closed, another one opened for you, which was acting, which is something that you've been doing from your, your child, right? A, a kid. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people would have said, you know what, I, I'm, I, I've been doing this for years. I don't want to do background anymore. I don't want to do stand-ins. I want to be the main. And a lot of people would have gave up, but the fact that you kept going, that's an inspiration to a lot of young girls to show them like, yo, it doesn't matter if one door closes on you or, you know, God bless you with two different talents with acting and singing, but you can be in the entertainment business if you want to. And that's, and that's the good thing. You, you, you dropped one and you picked up the other and you're really good at both, but you're excelling at um acting and i love it i would have loved to see you as matilda because i would have i, I would have <laughs> that would be so I cool did right? interview, i did an interview matilda. how about that how no about but it's okay because that was the past like it's my future so you still got to interview me because i'm about to be of course. So fucking dope like i of love course. being an inspiration and one thing like if you ever if you follow me on facebook or even follow me on Instagram, I share rejection letters, which is actually things people don't get in this industry. People don't say you don't have the job. You just see the role on TV and be like, damn, I guess I didn't get it. <laughs> but I try to be honest about the things that I have been through because it's it's a lot of work, but it's realistic. And this, I'm a truly believer that in this world, you are the creator of your story. If you don't like what you're doing and you're not passionate about it and it's not serving you spiritually, you can change that. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you have the control. And especially if you are somebody that's here in Atlanta, there is more than ample opportunity to get into this industry if that's what you want to do. And this is the time. If you have a script, write it. You got a story, tell it. You want to be in front of the camera, get in front of the camera. You want to pick the camera up, shoot with it but do it stop just dreaming about it because it's realistic you know i like that because um yeah we'll talk about that after when we get into the video <laughs> um let's go in um so my next question for you is your acting is is diverse as you also play a dirty cop on a show so god damn you got I like this. Like you play different men. Yeah. Roles. So can you tell us more about that role and um, how mm. comfortable? Because like obviously with police brutality, all that type of stuff, some people will say no. Yeah. I'm not role at all. I don't want to be known that I. You know what I mean? I support oh, them. No. So, um, how was it doing that role, and how and how did you prepare for it? Well, <laughs> a lot of people. I have a type of personality. My friend told me I'm like pickles. Either you like it or you don't like it, you know? And so a lot of people at first, before they know me, they think I'm like this rude, stuck up bitch. Uh, she's one of those pretty mean girls. And I'm really not. I just be minding my own business, thinking about what I'm gonna eat later. But I really try to like tap into that. Like, you know, people think I'm a bitch. Let me just tap into this and have fun. And I get booked as a cop a lot. 
like my first three roles was me being a detective or playing a police officer and it's always like the bitch the mean officer the one that got to get everybody in check so I definitely would never be a cop in real life and given our relationship when I say our I mean our community relationship with law enforcement I really I'm really not even comfortable around police but one thing I am comfortable with is being in front of the camera taking on a different role and that's what I love about acting is that I can do things that I would never do I could play a doctor I could play a surgeon I could play a police officer I could play a lawyer I could play a rich uh wife getting cheated on you know like I love it Oh, you're on mute. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm here talking away. Um, no, I was saying like when it comes to roles like that, right? I don't know if it's because I watch too much police movies and stuff like that, um, and documentaries and stuff like that. When it comes to that, how often do you have to rehearse? Because I know you have to. They have to teach you how to hold the the gun pop well how to enter rooms all that did you have to go through that or was it more of a well actually it, it depends on what the scene is called for because in this in this uh because i've been booked on so many but in none of these am i doing like you know busting in the room and having the check or anything like that i'm usually get booked as like a captain or a superior so i'm basically just the person telling people what to do and stuff mm -hmm. but because I've done background work where I was able to work on Black Lightning and play the security or on MacGyver playing the security. When you're doing that kind of stuff in background, they give you the training and show you how to properly hold the gun, how to properly handle weapons. Don't put your finger on the trigger. Keep it straight alongside the gun. Don't ever hold it up and point it at anybody directly. Always keep your gun pointed down. So that's why I always encourage people that are getting into acting, get into background work try it because it's a place where you can learn and you can get paid to be there it's not a lot and they kind of treat you not the best but you can learn a lot <laughs> you did you learned a whole lot and you up that food chain girl so that's <laughs> the thing so when it comes to um what do you consider your top five actors of all time and why oh my goodness um viola davis is one of the first ones that popped into my mind. I, I I worked on Lila and Eve with Viola Davis and Jennifer Lopez, and that was and let, and that was back when I was doing music, and I didn't know it was background work. I had somebody that was managing me, and they was pretending like they was getting me jobs. <laughs> and so I'm so happy to be on this set, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing this all this stuff. And you done found this shit on Facebook. You telling me you found this on Facebook, and I could have found this for myself. <laughs> But working with Viola Davis on this movie, um, she was so humble. She, she asked me, oh, can I put my hand on your shoulder, put my shoe on? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And so then I told her, just joking around, I'm like, I'm never going to wash this shoulder again. And she's like, please watch it. Please wash it <laughs> immediately. <laughs> but it's just so cool to have been in such close proximity with somebody. And then to see her go on to do the great things that she does, you know, it, it's inspiring. Um, I like seeing people like Tessa Thompson, Janelle Monet. I I'm a big fan of Janelle Monet. I love that she's a music artist, but I also like that the roles that she takes are in movies that have a positive message, you know. And like, I'm just a super big fan. Hey, Janelle girl. <laughs> yeah, she, she's. I love her. I yeah, love her. yeah. I loved her from Higher Low. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, the tightrope, the tightrope. I grew up. On a tightrope. Yes. yes. I, I love, like, I love, you know. I saw, I got a chance to see her at like a small private concert once and it was so dope. Like, I was just like, bro, you're just freaking like James Brown out here. She, she looks like she's like a vibe. Like, she looks like she's very humble, very chill, very calm, cool, and collective. From what yeah, I- In my head, I have celebrity friends already. And these are the people that I'm gonna kick it with when I'm like in that circle. And she's definitely gonna be one of my close friends. Like I just already imagined us hanging out and stuff. <laughs> you guys are both a vibe. So I, I can see that happening. As long, like I said, manifestation is a big thing. So manif yeah. manif 
shall happen. So my next question for you is which act- actors do you believe new um, aspiring actors should should study and why? So for me, it's a little controversial because I don't really study anybody. I I take classes and I tap in. I take classes with Javon Johnson. This is the plug because his class is very unorthodox. And he says he doesn't teach people how to act. He teaches actors how to live. And one thing that he does, he teaches you how to put your emotion into your work, how to take a part of you and apply it to whatever it is that's in the script or that the role requires so that it's not even work. You just turn it on a different switch inside of you and saying, okay, I'm going to let her come out and play today. And for me, I've always been the type of person to never really want to study anybody too much because I don't want to be like them. I want to be like me. And so, like, I love movies, but I don't really watch movies twice. And people would think that's crazy. Um, When I was uh, making music before and making rap music, I didn't listen to rap music. It's something that's in me that I don't need to really see in other people to tap into. I just know that I just got to do the work for myself. So I would say instead of trying to study somebody and be like somebody else, study yourself. Learn to let those walls down, those emotional barriers, because as a human, from the time you're a child to you grow up, people are telling you, don't be like that. Don't do this. Don't say that. And then they end up shaping who you are. But when it's coming to a scene where you have been raped, you have to murder somebody. You are the rapist. How do you tap into those type of things when you've been conditioned to know, like, this is wrong? So there's people who have who can't even do certain things because they have so many walls up stopping them from even tapping into being sad. In, in class, we were doing a scene uh, or a emotion where you bring this emotion forward and it was anger. And a woman said, well, I don't get angry. You got to get angry about something, but she's an older woman and then she's taught you can't show your anger so it's not that she doesn't get angry but she has put a wall up that's so thick and so tall between her and allowing her to really tap into her emotion and to say this is what pisses me off matter of fact i hate when he does this i hate when she does that and all this stuff because she's been conditioned to have to accept things and just maneuver like around other people so i really think in order to become the best actor you can be you really have to go inside not outside. Y'all mute again. My house is just loud for no reason. So I got to mute, but I got to remember that I'm on mute. Um, no, but I'm saying that's 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 dope. That's that's a good way to look at it. And I would love to be in classes like that. Like, I don't I I don't want to like I say it all the time, like you're one in a million, like I'm one in a million. I don't want to be like nobody else. I don't want to wake up and have nobody say, oh, that person's just like, no, I want, no, I'm, I'm myself. Cause every person brings their own personality and own style and own everything to a role. Like Holly Berry is, is not going to be the same as Jennifer Lopez when they act. They're totally two different people. You understand what I mean? Like each person brings their own style and personality and, and into a role. So you mimicking or you trying to be somebody else like be exactly like that person nine out of the time ten times it will never work i've heard Denzel yeah. when you come into a role you need to be yourself and and you know come in with an energy yeah you know you may be standing across from Denzel Washington but yeah and then you just never know yeah and then also you just never know how somebody got to where they are i mean it, it could have been hey i took my friend to this audition and they saw me and said hey you should try out for this and next thing you know i booked this big role that changed my life or it could be uh, i've been preparing for this my whole life and i've been working at it and taking all the acting classes and going to all of the uh, seminars and doing everything i need to do or you could have somebody who said, well, I was just on TikTok making videos because I stood in for a girl, uh, Annalise Velez, uh, and I, I love her. I was very inspired watching her on set. She got, uh, she's number four on the call sheet for the game, but they found her on TikTok. 
she was on TikTok and the casting director, uh, the director said, hey, when I found her, I found her on social media. So it's like, you never really know when is your time. You never really know what's going to make the difference. And you can look at somebody else and see them successful. But just because you take all the steps that I did doesn't mean that that's what's going to work for you, you know? So I see that you work with a lot of, um, you watched with, you worked with Tyler Perry. Um, you've been booked and busy doing Tylenol commercials, all sorts of wonderful things. But now I see that you are working with Blue Gold Productions on a project. Can you tell us how that came about? Um, yeah, <laughs> actually somebody sent me a, a flyer on Facebook because uh, I'm at a place now where a lot of people really like I feel like they believe in me. So people send me job roles and stuff all the time. And so when I saw it, I said, all right, I, I just submit for it because you never know what something can be. And I sent it to like 40 different actors. And so after um, after I sent my information in and then we decided to do the interview and the audition and they sent me the sides and told me to have a monologue prepared. And so I knew, like, they didn't tell me to have the sides prepared, but I was like, I'm gonna make sure I know it and I kill it, you know, cause I wanna be set apart because I'm really trying to make a name for myself. And so I didn't even know at the time if it was a paid job, I didn't know who this, you know, them from what or whatever, but I I'm just glad that I gave it a chance because even just being in new relationships with, these people that I'm learning, I've I've been put on game and learning how to make many other ways. And I could just tell that um, you run into some people in this industry and they're very selfish. They only think about themselves and what they got to do to make it to the next level. And then you run into people who understand that it takes all of us to make it work. And they want to share knowledge with you they want you to be your best self and to make it as far as you can go because that's a reflection of them you know and so i am i i feel like i'm blessed for this opportunity i was able to be booked for a lead role in this uh, series and i cannot wait to bring emily to life i can't wait to put my stamp on it because i really feel like this is an opportunity that is going to help me take my career to the next level. So you said you're excited about playing the lead role and stuff like that. Um, I know when it comes to projects and you're working on it, you have to be tight lit with it, can't really expose too much and stuff of that nature. Um, so I don't want you to do that. But can you tell us if you and your character kind of have any sort of similarities in any in type of way or is this a character that you when we see it it's just like okay hell no that's not me not even in real life nope not at all yeah no emily is emily is not me at all um maybe the so when i had to audition the scene was uh, it was a scene of her where she had to confront somebody who was sleeping with her husband and it's when I read it, it was a crazy scene. And then it took me right back to a class I had where I had a scene that I had to do and the girl was in therapy and the girl had was crazy. Like her husband was driving her crazy. And so we, I specifically remember the lesson where they were like, you know, be happy, then be, then, you know, and switch it. And so they taught me what to do and I applied it to this and it just fits so good. And it made me feel like I can just have so much fun with Emily because it's a world that you know she's married to a rich man she's a powerful woman um she's a, she has daughters you know i have a little boy um but she's ambitious so there are some characteristics like that that we have in common but as far as who she is and the life that she's living you know to me i could never imagine it but i definitely know i have what it takes to bring it to life and I'm, i know that i'm gonna have a lot of fun with it that's good because I, I love seeing roles like that like for instance cookie anytime you hear cookie <laughs> like that's a me that's me like when i look at cookie me that's definitely so it's like i feel like nowadays young women we want someone to look up to to look at a screen and be like i'm a tasha mac from the game 
or I'm a a this or I'm a that. Like, I feel sometimes when I do, you could ask Kevin, I I always say I'm going to put my Tasha Mack hat on because when it's time to be serious, Tasha Mack, she gets the job done. So it's just like, you know, having roles that you can relate to in, in, in some ways, I feel like it makes it a little bit easier, especially if you've been through certain experiences. To me personally, I feel like that does it. Does that work for you too? Sometimes when, like you said, you were put in a, in a situation where it's like, it brought you back to somewhere. So now you're able to take that character and, you know, do what you want with the character. Is is that how it works? Or in this one? I mean, for me, for me, I love, I love how powerful Emily is. I love, I love the story behind her and who she's trying to be in this. And um, I feel like throughout my life, I have been fighting for respect. I have been fighting to say, God damn it, I'm here. I am somebody. I am worth being loved. I am worth being respected. I want you motherfuckers to look at me and see somebody and be like, damn, now that's somebody right you know? And so for me, I feel like I have an opportunity to do this. And it's funny that you referenced Cookie because it's the first thing that I thought about it. And after my audition, I believe the quote was, the cookie will crumble. So that's something that stuck with me. And I'm I'm just, I'm really excited about it. You know, I'm tired of playing dirty cops and <laughs> being that, you know, I, I can be a boss, a boss bitch in a different way. And uh, I think some people are going to love Emily. Some people are going to hate Emily. But everybody's going to be watching for Emily when it's her scene. (laughs) Please, if you're going to bring the energy, as long as you bring the energy, like I said, I am am always intrigued, like always. Um, So before we go, I have two more questions for you before you go. So um, the second to last question is, what has been the best advice you've been given so far about the entertainment business Hmm. read your paperwork (laughs) read your contracts have somebody look over it if you don't understand it do not sign it until you have somebody explain it to you there are there's things out there like a sunset clause which means that I get a percentage off of every dollar you make, and not just now, but once we stop working together, my percentage decreases over the next 10 years. So for the next 10 years after working with you, I'm still making money off you. You know, there's paperwork out there that says you can be a part of this, but if you fuck it up in any way, you got to pay me 10 times what I would have paid you. Uh, it's just certain things that you just need to be aware of. And I think that sometimes people jump on opportunities and think like, oh, this is my big break. I'm going to make it. And they don't make sure that everything is everything. And I've been a victim of that myself. And so to me, the most important thing is like protect yourself. Find an entertainment attorney. Find somebody who can explain to you what you're signing before you sign it. Facts. I love that. So um, before I get into, um, you know, your handles, all of that, let us know a little bit more about what you're going to do. You spoke a little bit about TikTok and saying that um, with social media being such a heavy player in the game right now and things of that nature, do you believe that um, social media, if social media was as big when you were younger, do you think that things may have went in a different direction opposed to now? Or do you feel like now social media is basically helping you better hmm. than it has? Well, I wish there was social media so I could go see those commercials and all this stuff I did. Because I don't have any of that stuff, you know. Um, but... I, I feel like when I stopped acting and stuff, it's because I told my parents I didn't want to do it anymore. And they're like, okay. And I was like, damn, why y'all couldn't be like Michael Jackson daddy and beat me and make me do it? <laughs> 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 but um, I think that social media is very, uh, is very impactful. I think that, you know, I just recently started getting paid on Instagram to make reels. And thank God it's not for the likes, it's for the plays. 
So I get paid every time somebody watches one of my reels. And that's the extra. I only managed to make like $100 a month off of it. But that's $100 that I'm making. And I was going to be making reels anyway. You know? So instead of being ignorant, I think it's really important to learn. Don't be afraid to evolve. Don't be afraid to educate yourself. If there's something else popping off, a, a new YouTube, a new TikTok or whatever, you should jump on it because you never know what it is that's going to be the next big thing. And you want to be there when it's breaking ground so that way you can build up your followers and all that stuff because all of these things are leading to avenues to make money, you know? And um, I don't know. If social media was around when I was younger, I probably would have had less of an opportunity because I, I'm a rebel. I say what I want. And I was I was a little disrespectful when I was younger. So people would have been like, hell no, nah, this girl a red flag. Let's keep it going, y'all. Keep it going. That's 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 me now. Like me, like sometimes I feel sorry for Kevin. Like sometimes I'll be sending him videos, reaction videos and stuff. And I just have to apologize. I'm like, my bad. I apologize. Like <laughs> filter me. I just speak my mind. It is what it is. And yeah so <laughs> i'm crazy but um what like myself i love acting i love hosting um i love being in the entertainment um industry as well um what advice would you have for for people like myself who are trying to get into the entertainment business or young women that inspire to be in the entertainment business business oh. One thing that I have learned, and it's something that my mom has told me all my life as a little girl, that she's looking down on us now. The bug. Okay. But it is that you can catch more flies with honey than with shit. So it's going to be times where you feel disrespected. It's going to be times where you're going to want to be like, motherfucker, who the fuck do you think you are talking to? But... Before you do that shit, <laughs> think about it. Is it worth it? <laughs> because Fact. it's so quick for somebody to be like, nah, don't fuck with her. And you, and I'm sure you've seen in your own personal life where somebody might not like you because of you react to some shit they did to you. And they Fact. got the nerve to be mad. And now they tell everybody don't fuck with you. And so it's 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 a fine line between the truth. And what people believe is the truth. And you just don't want to get a reputation where nobody want to work with you. And I know, like, it's, this is what I'm learning myself. And it's hard. And, and for me, I've had to be tough because of my circumstances. So there was a time where I was very naive and gullible and people could tell me whatever. But as I kept taking losses and having to learn lessons, I have really toughened up. So I don't have anybody that I could go to and say, hey, can you make this happen? And it happened. But as my career is developing, I can no longer handle my own issues. I can't be like, excuse me, please don't record me. I, that makes me uncomfortable. I got to go to the first day to hear somebody like that and say, hey, that person's recording me. It's making me uncomfortable. Can you please go over there and say something? You know, because at the end of the day, this is my brand now. This is my, and it's, and it's my character. And it's something that I really got to work on. But it's just like, just pay attention. Everybody that's smiling in your face, not your friend. A lot of people, they not going to like you. And they'll be jealous of you for doing some shit that they would never even do. Uh, You're like, how you mad at me? You would never even be in the position that I'm in. So don't take none of it personal. And before you get emotional, just think about what the real consequences are and always think what is the worst thing that could happen right now you know and then just assume that that'll happen and realize that it's just not that serious when you are set there's people walk around with earpieces in that's getting yelled at all day by other people you know you got people that's broke sleeping in their cars don't know how they're gonna feed themselves or whatever you never know what other people have going on so when you run across somebody that you feel maybe have disrespected you or talked to you in a manner that you're not comfortable with, all you got to do is just let that shit roll off because you're not there for none of that. You're there to deliver your lines or do whatever your job is and you get to go home 
and leave that shit at work because I guarantee you nobody is going home and thinking about you. So right. if you want to keep your your mental health and you want to be in the right mind and stay passionate about what you're doing, you can't take nothing that anybody says to you personal and you just can't overreact and you just got to realize, look, this is the industry I'm in. And, and just think of it like another role. This was somebody, this was my therapist because I'm in therapy and she told me today. She said, when you're on set, you got to think about even when you're on set, that's a role. Before the cameras even start, you're already playing a role. And that's just, that's what we got to do. You're so inspiring. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. I just love you, man. I wish I could put you in my pocket and just. Oh, <laughs> like I have a friend. Are you guys dumb? I have a friend that worked at Harry Studios. Are you dumb? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. So before we go, um, what is um, one thing that you can tell us about you that maybe others wouldn't know? Like one, one thing, like something that you like, no, like a habit that you have right before you, you start, you go in, you know, some people have like Mariah Carey, she needs to have her M&Ms. You have to sort them out before she goes on stage. She has to have. So what do you need? What is your preparation package when it's time for you to go on set and do your thing? Um, honestly, I, I'm prepared before I ever get to the location. Uh, for me, it's not any kind of candy or any kind of chair or anything that will make me ready to go. I'm being paid to do a job and I am motivated by arriving and doing my job excellently. And when I walk away, everybody like, God damn, she just killed that shit. Uh, just for me, it's just, I gotta pray. <laughs> I gotta pray and I pray to, to God and my ancestors and everybody that made sacrifices for me to be right here, right now. And once I'm prayed up, I'm good to go. Yes, God comes first, baby. God comes first. So before we go, um, where can people follow you and keep update with your latest projects? Okay. Well, if you follow me on Instagram, that's very, like, business forward. Um, it's beautiful. Letters M-F-N. Anna, okay? And that's also my TikTok. So that's beautiful MF and Anna. I'm not really on TikTok. I just got one because I'm supposed to. Um, now, my Facebook is a little different. Uh, I like to write stories and they're heavily um, written about my dating life. <laughs> and if you're dating in Atlanta, <laughs> you might want to tune in because I don't run across three married men and I expose all that stuff. So uh, my Facebook is Anna Rebecca Lankford. Now, if you don't want to hear about my dating life and you're wondering why this girl keeps talking about guys, do not come here because I will block you. I don't want to hear you talking about anything negative. It's only for people who agree with me. If you don't agree, just don't even visit us, okay? <laughs> it's crazy. I'm actually talking to somebody in Atlanta right now. So, girl, maybe I need to read your book, maybe. Yes. No, I'm a huge fan of posting whoever I'm dating. You see girls posting the guy with the emoji over his face. No, fuck that. I'm posting him, oh, I don't his name, yeah. and his job. Because exactly. I need to know, is he married? Exactly. <laughs> he Who is this man? Walk clear, sweethearts. I'm posting him, not just to post him to let you guys know. This is mine. Yes. This is mine. But also, the last three guys that I was dating, and it's cold because I told them, I said, I could post you on my social media. They're like, yeah, go ahead. And boom, soon as I post them within 48 hours, if it takes that long, I got a wife or a girlfriend in my DMs. Like, how do you know my husband? I would have said, Charles, baby. I was from, from Captain Broyles, baby. Bruh, I just be like, You're I be trying to tell her, like, girl, let's both leave him and we're going to run away together, okay? Because if you're doing all that for him, knowing he's like, this bitch, come pay some of my bills. <laughs> Please, that is what he, my bills, baby. 
yes. once again, I want to apologize for any inconvenience that this may have caused you. You were a wonderful, wonderful guest. I would have oh, loved thank you longer, um, but I know you got to go and um, I got to take care of some other stuff. But for right. sure, when um, we will sit down again and, and, and talk, I will be in Atlanta for a week for a couple of days for like eight days, eight. Or okay, so hit me. I'll definitely love to take you out for I'll a be, drink or whatever. Yeah, I'll be there for ten days. I was gonna, I was gonna meet up um, with with you guys down there. Anyways, I was gonna speak to Kevin about it, Miss nice. Angle, and see if what we can do down there. So hopefully, I can do an actual interview when, I, uh, like an yeah, yeah, uh, like that. You can show me around, and I can blog that as well for for our for our media. Um, outlets as well so that would be nice and dope as well for for um for us as well so once again i want to say thank you so much you are so beautiful so talented you're an inspiration to all young ladies out here no matter what anybody says um i just got to meet you today but i felt like we knew each other for quite some time so whatever you're doing whatever you're drinking keep it up because you look young <laughs> and you're just a happy person and i love that i love your vibe i love your energy um just keep doing what you're doing and continue to be an inspiration not only to myself but to your son and to young women thank you so much i i really appreciate you thank you you know you're gonna make a real nice crowd over here